0: I'm Michael Dunn, host of Oregon Rainmakers on KLCC. You're listening to the Eugene Concert Choir from their recently released album, Black is Beautiful. My guest today is Dr. Diane Ritalik, artistic director and conductor of the Eugene Concert Choir, a position she's held since 1985. The album was recorded at the Eugene Concert Choir's Black is Beautiful concert with guest choir Exigence on May 7, 2023, at the Holt Center. Black is Beautiful showcases music by black composers that shed light on the black experience. Dr. Diane Ritalik. she is the artistic director and conductor of the Eugene Concert Choir. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Well, it's a
1: joy to talk to you, Michael.
0: Yeah. Why don't we start from this, you know, for for people who who are listening who maybe don't know, talk about the Eugene Concert Choir, talk about your mission, talk about how it's it's formed, talk about, you know, kind of anything about the Concert Choir that we need to know about.
1: Well, the Eugene Concert Choir is a resident company of the Halt Center for Mm -hmm. the Performing Arts. And uh, the name Eugene Concert Choir is actually become an an umbrella organization hmm. name because within the the organization is the Eugene Concert Choir, which okay. is a one hundred voice uh, masterworks chorus, and Eugene Vocal Arts, which is our chamber choir, okay. and Eugene Concert Orchestra. So all of that together, yeah, we present um, a series of concerts at the Halt Center, and. Um, our, our mission is to perform choral masterworks mm-hmm. and um, give people diverse artistic experiences and our educational outreach
0: and and it's been in our community for quite some time and, and you've been with the choir for quite some time
1: Yes, actually next year is a landmark season for us <laughs> okay um, so next year will be our the choir's 50th anniversary season. It will be my 40th. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Talk about, you know, maybe the evolution of the choir in your tenure. I mean, that was quite some time ago that that, that you came to the Eugene Concert Choir. Talk about its growth. Talk about kind of, you know, how you've seen it evolve over these intervening decades.
1: Yes, well... um, so the, the concert choir was in existence for 10 years mm-hmm. before, before I became the artistic director. Um, Philip Bales in our community was the founder. Okay. He, he was also founder of Eugene Opera, and he's still <laughs> continuing to be yeah. a musician in, this, in these parts. Um, they were formed actually to do uh, Handel's Messiah. Okay. Um, but what I understand is that as soon as the choir was formed, they just took it upon themselves to really um, get professional okay. in the way that they worked together, and they they elected officers, and they started working on their five hundred one c three nonprofit mm-hmm. status, and they were formed as Eugene Community Chorus. Okay, but then they became the Eugene Concert Choir, and when I was hired, it was kind of at a low point <laughs> for okay. them. Um, they were very much in debt Mm. and it was uh you know reduced number of members and so on and what tremendous volunteer spirit and the board of directors and supporters in the community so uh, when i was hired they had a twenty thousand dollar um budget mm. and they were maybe in debt to about twice that much <laughs> um, but everyone worked so hard um, we're now in the you know five to six hundred thousand dollar budget uh, mid-size organization uh, level and when I was hired, they asked me to start a pops choir. Hmm. Well, I wasn't really going to start a pops choir, but I said, well, I'll start, I'll start <laughs> a chamber choir, okay. a small choir. Okay. And that's how Eugene Vocal Arts was born. And then uh, some years later, it was in 2015, I actually applied for a huge grant that hmm. we were awarded from the Creative Heights Initiative, and the main criterion for this grant award was to take risk. Hmm. Well, what could be riskier? What we did was <laughs> propose that we would commission a female composer Joan Shimko from Portland, nationally acclaimed, but in Portland, to write a choral masterwork on Alzheimer's disease.
0: Wow!
1: Well, um, that we were awarded the grant, and everyone involved with it was so committed to it that it, it, you know, Joan actually wrote us a 70-minute long, exquisite choral masterwork, but what I found in the whole project, because we were going to record it, is that if, unless we had our own orchestra, we wouldn't own our own recording, Hmm. and so at that point, we Formed our own orchestra, <laughs> so, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, and they've been with us ever since. Wow. And so now we have these three uh, stellar ensembles under the umbrella of Eugene Concert Choir.
0: When was this? This when- that,
1: 2015 was wow. when we formed the orchestra. Okay, we did the premiere performance of um, this. Piece. It's called Shadow and Light and Alzheimer's Journey. Hmm. Uh, we did the premiere performance in 2016 for which we won an American prize for um, recorded performance. And there was a video documentary done of th- of the um, whole process uh, called The Story of Shadow and Light by AO Films. Okay. And uh, that video documentary won Best Documentary in the Oregon Independent Film Festival wow. in 2017.
0: Wow, so, very exciting. Yes. Talk about the performers. Talk about the choir—the the people who make it up. Are you know? I imagine they're they're from our community. But you know, talk about you know, the age range. The you know, kind of where where do they come from within our community to to become part of your choir?
1: Well, that is, that is really a wonderful subject because the Eugene Concert Choir is the kind of choir that is for lifelong singing. Mm. And at this moment, we have our youngest choir member is 16 years old. Wow. Our oldest choir member just celebrated his 90th birthday. Oh, my goodness. And wow. That's amazing. Sti- he still sings like Dennis Day. He's a lovely <laughs> tenor. Uh, and people continue to sing um, all their lives. And it's just a, such an important part of their lives. Um, it's People of all walks of life, Um, every uh, imaginable career and retirement and students and faculty and everybody uh, who comes together just because they, uh, there's that song, How Can I Keep From Singing? You know, (laughs) they just cannot not have singing in their lives.
0: Wow. Well, let's talk about you because obviously it's your job to get that, 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 that disparate, you know, group singing off the same song sheet to 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 use a cliche, but I want to talk about, you know, how did you come to be a, a a conductor and to someone who formed a choir? Talk about sort of your background and how obviously music is so so central and important in your life.
1: Well I grew up in a very musical family. Okay. My father was the high school choral director. Oh interesting. And okay. he was kind of a like a Mr. Holland type of ah. person who totally turned kids' lives around and everything. My mother played the piano, and mm-hmm. she played very well. But my, my father directed the high school musicals, and if he needed a child to play a child role in the musical, (laughs) well, here I was. (laughs) And I started acting and performing in uh, high school musicals at the age of six. Mm. And I did so every year for like five, six years after that. All the child roles, like I was one of... Annie's Little Sisters and Annie Get Your Gun. <laughs> I was Kim in Showboat. Mm-hmm. I was Amaryllis in The Music Man. And then, of course, went on to actually be a lead role mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and my father was my high school choral director. Wow. And I just never thought of going into any other career. Mm. Um, went on to the University of Illinois. I, I grew up in the Midwest okay. in, in Illinois. Okay. And went to the University of Illinois for my bachelor's degree in music education. And I taught high school for a couple of years in a small town in southern Illinois, Olney, Illinois, very (laughs) unique, uh, its claim to fame It, it is. Is, has the largest population of albino squirrels in the nation.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: it was a very big school. It was half a county. It was a great job, and okay. I wanted to, I just kept wanting more. I went on um, for a master's degree at University of Wisconsin. I went directly from there into my doctoral studies, which totally changed my life. Hmm. I went to Indiana Unimer- Indiana University, which sure. is a, a terrific school of music mm-hmm. my conducting teacher was Margaret Hillis who was the founding director of the Chicago Symphony Chorus wow. I studied score analysis with the great master Julius Herford. Hmm. and so I was at that point going into more of um, not just well I still always enjoyed popular and very accessible music but much more in the classical vein okay And I was all but dissertation on that um, doctorate when my husband, Greg Ritalik, who is an emeritus professor of geology at the U of O, (laughs) um, he got hired at the U of O, we traveled across the country, came to Oregon, (laughs) and I could not get a job to save my life. Mm. So I got hired at Seattle University. Okay. We had a commuter marriage for a couple of years. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I came back, settled in Eugene, and have been happy to be ensconced in this community ever since, and to uh, work for the Eugene Concert Choir and grow the choir.
0: It was, I would imagine, kind of a risk. You, you, were, you were coming to an organization, as you mentioned, that was uh, you know, in debt, and there was uh, certainly, you know, it, 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 it hadn't reached its potential by any stretch of the imagination when you started. Um, was it scary?
1: Oh, it was exciting. Okay. I mean, I was I was young and adventurous. Okay. and I would okay. just do everything that I could to sure. make it work. But also, we had such a great supportive board, mm-hmm. and the choir members had such enthusiasm, and it was all this can-do attitude. And we quickly retired that debt. It was no, n- not much of a difficulty um, within the first year or two. Okay. Um, and just went on and on from there to... Um, to gain strength and reach into the community and expand our mission. And um, we ended up creating this, uh, first was called ECHO Eugene Concert Choir Outreach educational program it's now called ed op and for educational opportunities add that to our program we uh, our music education directors right now are working with 1040 students among 15 schools wow to teach them some songs that they will um you know kids are invited to come and join us in our kids concert our upcoming kids concert um, All Americas for Kids on wow. February twenty fourth, yeah. and and the concert choir is preparing music of the Americas um, for February twenty
0: fifth. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we take a break, I wanted to ask you. You know, in your education and in your just your career was was there a conscious decision it sounds like you started out being a performer and now you're somebody who leads other performers did you always want to do that or did you did you did you kind of you know leave the idea of performing i I imagine you probably do some performing but i mean when did you make that sort of decision that I, i want to be somebody who's mentoring leading teaching others
1: I think that was always foremost in my mind. Okay. I did. I did sing. Um, okay. I had a very high soprano coloratura <laughs> voice. Uh, no longer have that, <laughs> but um, but I had a, a minor okay. in, in voice, uh-huh. and I carried that minor on through my um, my bachelor's, my master's, even my doctorate. I gave a voice recital Ooh. at Indiana University, um, and that just helps to support and understand the whole choir the vocal production the you know um all of the challenges and issues that there are in in bringing all the voices together but um no I never actually considered going off for an opera career or something like that okay
0: okay Okay.
1: (laughs) I love actually I love the whole crowd control Hmm. of it you know some people say "Uh, well don't you want to teach private voice lessons no I don't I want to teach a a hundred people in a room and get them all excited to sing <laughs> well,
0: uh, that, that 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 in and of itself must be quite exciting We're going to take a quick break we're talking with Dr. Diane Ritalik she is the artistic director and conductor of the Eugene Concert choir We'll be right back <laughs>
1: I'm Barbara Dellenbach, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Hannah Goldrich is a renowned jewelry artist who emphasizes the importance of supporting artists, even when the price tag seems steep. Most people don't realize that when a piece of art is for sale, that the artist only gets half the money. The consumer generally does not know that's a big deal, because if they think a piece is very expensive, well, people don't understand a gallery's got to survive, and the artist has to survive. The importance of arts and culture on the Oregon Grapevine at klcc.org. And we're back.
0: We're talking to Dr. Diane Ritalik. She's the artistic director and conductor of the Eugene Concert Choir. Um, you have an exciting project that 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 you're you're launching. Talk about the the Black Is Beautiful uh, 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 project, of which I guess it's your choir along with a, a guest a guest choir as well, putting this together. Talk about the project.
1: Yes, this is a very exciting time for us. Um, we did this Black is Beautiful project last May, okay. uh, and um, <clears throat> what is coming out right now is our album release. Mm. So the way this all came about, so there was a, a very heart-wrenching, moving um, piece of music called seven last words of the unarmed hmm. by Joel thompson
0: hmm.
1: um and there was a beautiful video of a choir that had done the premiere of that and this is really deeply emotional music the seven unarmed men were killed by police or authority figures and this work um it's sort of Based on the seven last words of Christ, hmm. where um, uh, the last words of these men were set each in a movement of this um, cantata. Well, Joel Thompson had written this work actually as. A sort of a musical diary for himself to deal with his feelings. And the last movement is actually Eric Garner mm. with the words, I can't breathe. Wow. And um, so Joel never actually even intended it to be a, a published and performed work. He was just trying to grapple with his feelings and, and express himself. But then It did end up where he was just trying to get um, some groups to, some performers to read through the music so he could hear what it was he had created. And Dr. Eugene Rogers at the University of Michigan Mm -hmm. took this on as a project with his University of Michigan Men's Glee Club. It was written for men's voices and string quartet. And they did a video of it. This totally rocked the choral community. Hmm. We were stunned by it. It came out in, I believe, 2015. Okay. I wanted to do the piece immediately, but, you know, here in Oregon, where we very good heartedly say celebrate diversity, look around. Hmm. It was it, there isn't sure. much sure, and I couldn't really do this work about black men, African-American men, um, and their expression without um, having an authentic voice with us. So first I actually was trying to get in touch with Joelle Thompson Mm -hmm. to to, um, see if he would come and join us for the work. And he's very difficult to get a hold of. (laughs) So then I reached out to Eugene Rogers, who Mm -hmm. was the conductor of the premiere performance. And um, it was very difficult to get a hold of Eugene. But once we got a hold of each other, he and I just hit it off instantaneously. Hmm. And I wanted to invite him to conduct seven last words. I had thought it would be with the University of Michigan Men's Glee Club. Okay. But... Eugene is also the founding director of this professional black and Latinx choir by the name of Exigence. Mm -hmm. Exigence means an urgent need. Hmm. And Exigence is the professional vocal ensemble of the Sphinx organization, whose mission is transforming lives through the power of diversity in the arts okay it's it's become a huge organization that now has a symphony orchestra and uh soloists and exigents and chamber performers and education and composers and so on so eugene and i talked about us bringing exigence here to Eugene, we had, this was also an <laughs> issue with Eugene <laughs> Rogers and Eugene, Oregon. I mean, to always clarify. yes, bringing it's Eugene. Nice synergy there, actually. <laughs> um, but also um, in the, you know, while I was working up to doing this performance um, during the pandemic, hmm. I did a concert called "In Celebration of Women." I did a concert video. Okay. You know, it's a two-hour-long full video that we prepared in every imaginable way <laughs> singing in a soccer field a gymnasium and out in the parks and sure and the halt center parking garage <laughs> and something called jack trip virtual studio and everything <laughs> and we recorded this it's um music of women composers from the 12th century to the present hmm. And in spite of the fact that I have a doctorate in music, I've gone on for more study. I have, you know, over 40 years of experience in the choral field. Mm -hmm. I didn't know most of these women composers. Hmm. And what I found most marginalized were black women composers. Hmm. And so this marvelous composer, Undine Smith Moore, in researching her work, I found that she'd written this... Amazing full oratorio on the life of Martin Luther King, so called <clears throat> on the <clears throat> this beautiful oratorio on the life of Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. called Scenes from the Life of a Martyr, mm. which was actually performed in Carnegie Hall in 1982 and has pretty much languished since then. Mm. I mean, the score. The score was not even set in print. It was was just in manuscript form. Really? And so when I talked with Eugene Rogers, I said, I wanna do two things. I wanna do Seven Last Words of the Unarmed, and I wanna do Scenes from the Life of a Martyr. Well, Eugene was all in, because Hmm. he really wanted to promote that work as well. And um, the next step was a big one. I had to get funding (laughs) to bring exigence out here. Sure, sure. And fortunately, the Hult Endowment of the Arts Foundation of Western Oregon Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, that committee could see the value right away. Wow. And funded us to bring exigence. So this choir of exceptional artists, Black and Latinx artists, uh, it's based in detroit but it really has nationwide reach okay and um to come to eugene for a week-long residency here and it was it was more than just a a concert Um, the concert i wanted to call black is beautiful Mm -hmm. because it was about beautiful music by black composers about beautiful black lives Mm. um while Exigence was here, um, they did voice master classes at the University of Oregon. They did uh, choral workshops in at the U of O and at the high schools. Uh, we did a community forum. You know, we just really integrated them into the whole community.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And um, so the Eugene Concert Choir and Eugene Concert Orchestra prepared the music, Exigence prepared the music, and thrilling that the composer of Seven Last Words, Joel Thompson, is a member of Exigence. Oh, wow. So he came also. Okay. We did this spectacular concert on May 7th, 2023. Um, Other works on the concert were, um, uh, there were a set of songs that Exigence did just on their own um one of them being the hymn by Stacy v gibbs which is a world premiere that was just composed for this project and um seven last words of the unarmed uh, leaves the audience barely able to breathe themselves with the last movement i can't breathe mm. and so Eugene Rogers had arranged the song Glory from the film Selma. Okay. And um and added uh, a rap text that was more about unity for hmm. all of us. And so we needed that to bring the audience through to the intermission. Okay. Um, Eugene conducted the first half. In the second half, I conducted Scenes from the Life of a Martyr, wow. which is a 16-movement incredible oratorio. It So very proud to say that our recording, so we recorded this and over the summer, you know, we had to do all the mixing, mastering Mm -hmm. and everything, we were actually picked up by a record label, Navona Records. Mm -hmm. Um, So the release of the full album is February 9th um, and it'll be released on all streaming and download platforms everywhere. The Eugene Concert Choir, we actually um, had physical CDs made, which you can purchase through the Eugene Concert Choir. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the world premiere recording wow. of Scenes from the Life of a Martyr. Wow. This is the first ever recording wow. commercially available wow. of this, this oratorio.
0: And you've been doing this for, 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 for quite some time. This is, in, in many ways, kind of a bit of a, a legacy of yours, isn't it?
1: Oh, I believe so, yes. And I hope this will live on and uh, and I hope the piece people will understand the um, significance and beauty of it. It goes through, um, it's very human. Mm. It goes through the life of Martin Luther King Jr. from birth through these cradle songs through playing as a child uh, meeting his love and <laughs> a love <laughs> duet and then the sort of call to preach and an understanding in this call to preach what enemies he was Hmm. garnering in the world and um and uh how many of them that hate me and Hmm. he knew Hmm. what jeopardy his life was in, and yet he continued to preach. And so there's a very dramatic movement. They tell me Martin is dead, Hmm. and there's like a screaming, shouting, um, uh, outburst of emotion from the choir. But the piece then goes on to this lament, final movement. The choir is wailing, whoa, and then they sing this beautiful hymn, Tell all my father's people, don't you grieve for me. Hmm. And it ends on this uplifting, beautiful, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. It's very inspiring. I bet,
0: yeah. And we're going to obviously put links in it to all that in, in, in the web post as well as put some samples of, of the music. You know, uh, uh, Diane, my last question for you, it's such a powerful opportunity and I and I kinda wanted to get from you whose whose life has been about music and this subject material you just talked about. Maybe finish up with talking about your belief in how music and song can unite people.
1: Well I see how music and song unite people just in my choir. Hmm. I mean it is a safe space. We don't talk about politics, religion, anything. I see people standing next to each other singing in harmony. I don't know if it got into a discussion how how they would interact. But I know that All of these different people from all walks of life can come together and sing together in harmony in this universal language of music. But I also, through some of the very powerful music we've done, the Alzheimer's music, we did another piece by a transgender spokesperson, composer, Michael busowitz Korm she, her, um, and that was uh, The Unarmed Child, which was in response to the Sandy Hook Mm. um, tragedy. Um, And now with Black is Beautiful, bringing people together um, over very tragic events, but um, bringing people together to feel and express and look forward what eugene rogers has said is he does not want this this album he does not want this music to just be a lament Hmm. he wants it to be a call to action Hmm. and i think you could see people inspired to thank you for helping me feel this understand this, for expressing this. We had hundreds of comments of people saying how they were in tears throughout this concert, how much it meant to them. It was the most profound concert they had ever experienced, and how much, how much it motivated them to do more, to be more aware, to look for opportunities to make the world a better place.
0: Yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, gosh, Dr. Diane Ritalik, she is the artistic director and conductor of the Eugene Concert Choir, of which Black is Beautiful, their project is, is launching right now. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us.
1: Thank you, Michael, it's been a pleasure.
0: That was our conversation with Dr. Diane Ritalik, Artistic Director and Conductor of the Eugene Concert Choir. We'll finish out our talk with another track from their album, Black is Beautiful. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.